This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. Welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Here's what's coming up on this week's programme. We'll be talking to Northern Ireland manager Michael O'Neill ahead of their Euro qualifiers away to Slovenia and Kazakhstan next week. The squad has been announced. We hear from US businessman Michael Smith. He is the new majority shareholder at Carrick Rangers. Will his investment bring greater fortunes on the field? For Stuart King's side, Newry City boss Gary Boyle will be previewing their clash with defending champions Larnan looking at life in the dugout, having succeeded Darren Mullen. And after netting four goals in his opening five games, we're going to be talking to Cliftonville's new hotshot up front, Ben Wilson. All that and more right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. So as you can tell, a busy show on the way again today. What else would you expect from us here on The Score? And thank you as always for joining us. There is one Friday night match in the Premiership to talk about. That is Carrick Rangers against Dungannon Swifts. I haven't far to travel for that one. I'm looking forward to attending later. And we will have on Saturday five three o'clock fixtures Corian against Linfield. Linfield, after a remarkable three-all draw against Carrick Rangers, looking for a response against the Corian side, who were two up against Dungan and Swifts, thought the job was done, and then ended up with a point. Rather frustrating. So two teams looking to put their frustrations behind them at the showgrounds in that match. Crusaders, now top of the table after their point, took them above Linfield on goal difference. That was after their draw against Glentoran. Dramatic old game that. Uh, so much went on in that game. It's nearly hard to know where to begin, but maybe a valuable point there from Crusaders still unbeaten, having won all their matches coming into that clash on Tuesday night. They are against Law Gaul, so Dean Smith testing himself at Seaview, which is notoriously a difficult venue for the visiting side. Uh, Glenavon against Balamini United. The battle of the bottom two as things stand. Balamini United no points on the board as of yet. Glenavon only one point better off than them. How will the table look at the close of proceedings? They're both on minus eight goal difference after five games. So uh, that will be rather telling. Glenavon have brought in Jimmy McDonough. On loan from Cliftonville. So a handy addition at Mournview Park. And uh, what a game at the Oval. Glen Torren, Cliftonville. It is the match of the weekend. Glen Torren will be doing that without Bobby Burns and their boss Warren Finney after their respective dismissals on Tuesday. Cliftonville coming into the match off the back of the draw with Larne. We'll be hearing from Ben Wilson in just a moment. He's going to be our first guest. But to quickly remind you of the final match happening 
uh, this Saturday. That is Larne against Newry City. So those are the games. Now let's get in to the guests. The score with Michael Clark. We're going to kick this week's show off with a man who is in blistering hot form. Settling in rightly at his new club by scoring four goals already for them. That is some way to win over the new fan base. I am, of course, talking about Cliftonville forward Ben Wilson. Ben, brilliant to have you on the show. How are you? I'm all good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing brilliantly. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on. And tell us about life at Cliftonville. When did you know they were interested and how quickly was the deal done? Um, it came around uh, quite quickly. Uh, Jim got in contact with, with myself originally, um, probably about five, six weeks ago now, and um, just got the deal done really quick. Um, obviously, I knew Jim from growing up uh, through the club and I stuff, and um, he just said, you know, like, come and play for me, and it was, it was a really exciting opportunity, and that's what I needed for the next step in my career was senior football and um, yeah got it done really quick because some people maybe would they be football anoraks unless they're from the northwest would remember you scoring as uh, only a nipper I think was 16 maybe for Coleraine in, uh, in cup action uh, 15 it was 15 even younger again my goodness I mean uh, the, the, they're trying to stop 15 year olds playing senior football now but what was that like being being chucked in at the deep end back then um, I honestly didn't know any different really it was just another <laughs> game um, just another game really and I just tried to do my best so yeah well as as all uh, I suppose good players do you just take your chances as they come um, how important was Corian for you in those in those early days before you got the move to Brighton really important um, you know I was I was in training with the under 16s and 18s around that time uh, before I went over to Brighton and then obviously I, I um, made my debut for Coleraine as well which is unbelievable feeling for, for me being so young and my family as well um, so it was great it was great yeah really good and when that's sort of going on in your life are you aware that there's interest from you know further afield and that there's all these prospects or are you just showing up to training doing your wee bit and thinking wow I'm playing in the Irish League this is amazing um, it was always in the in the back of my mind, you know, like ever since I was young and I, I heard about people going to England and stuff, that was just like, you know, that was what I wanted to do. Um but coming near to like near to the time of going, I was just, you know, really enjoying my, my football and you know, I was thinking because I was still playing with all my friends and stuff and I was mm-hmm. thinking, Well, this is gonna come down end soon, so I just have to enjoy it while it's still here. Are you like a lot of lads, are you a bit of a homebird? I, I'm really close to my family. Um, always have been, always, always will be. Um, but you know, going away and playing football is, you know, what I wanted to do, and um, I just had to take that leap, and thankfully I did. I don't regret it. We'll come on to Cliftonville in just a moment because I know you want to talk about your new teammates and how everything's going here. But uh, at Brighton, what a what an education that must have been. Give us an idea of some of the people you were working with and coming up against. Um, well, I was there for five years. Um, I moved over when I was 16 and then just left in the summer there, 20, uh, 21. Um, just come across uh, a load of different players I could sit and name all day, but now it's just an unbelievable experience, you know, and how the club's grown at the minute. It's, 
you know, it was brilliant to be a part of uh, for those five years. And um, yeah, I've just really, really enjoyed my time there. And people often make a point of saying, you know, when you play under 23s football or whatever versus, you know, senior men's football, the difference in the physicality and things like that. Have you noticed that, you know, PL2 versus the Irish Premiership? Uh, for sure. Um, it's a lot more um, physical, definitely, in the men's game. Um, but that's something that you know I, I like as well. I like playing against. I like playing against men now. That's that's where I'm at in my career. Um, obviously, the PL2 games are a lot more tactical and uh, a lot more possession based. I would say. Um, but I just uh, I just love where I'm at at the minute. And understandably so, especially when you're scoring goals, uh, no better feeling. And getting them so early probably just gives you that little confidence boost if you need it one at all. For sure, it's um, it's been a great start, and um, just long may it continue. You've had to work with a few more strike partners probably than even your manager was hoping for, though terrible injury fortunes. Um, I'm hoping that doesn't transfer to anybody else over the course of the season, Ben, but you know, Joe Gormley, you played the Glenavon game with him, and um, well, I was told afterwards you're a bit annoyed you didn't get on the score sheet yourself. Mm. Uh, for sure. Um, uh, Joe's, Joe's a great person to learn off, and um, I mean, he's helped me a lot since I've come in, you know, just having quiet words with me saying you know just giving me some tips and stuff it's it's been really good eh? and then you've Ronan Hale who had such a good pre-season has been injured Ryan Curran still to come back but uh, at least you're not up there on your own because Sam Ashford's come in yep uh, I've uh, I've actually not played with Ryan uh, just yet he's been he's been out on sidelines but I played a few games pre-season with, with Ronan and you know it was a great experience as well and um Obviously, we were doing quite well in pre-season too. We we were forming quite a good partnership. It's really unfortunate for for him too. But uh, Sam's come in as well. Um, we played together. That was the first time on uh, Saturday. Just passed and thought we did quite well together and um, got a decent result as well. It's funny how it can work out sometimes because you looked like a partnership that had definitely played before. He seems to do an awful lot of work which I, I don't know some people just prefer to have a strike partner some people like to be a lone striker but it seems like that partnership whether it be him or someone else is probably advantageous to your game would that be fair to say? Definitely yeah definitely um, I find that uh, with someone up there along with me it's a lot easier you know they uh, play those passes and make those runs that I like to make in behind Um uh, it's just it's just good they have two sort of focal points uh, up front because I think we saw in the Linfield game I felt a bit sorry for you you were like an island at times uh, it was a tough game uh, tough game um, but again that's, that's just the way it goes sometimes it's just one of those games um, but it's just what it is what it is and uh, we rectified that on Saturday as well so we had two up there which was uh, which was good and I mean the goal you scored Tim McCann was alongside me on commentary and I'm sure he's still talking about it now wherever he happens to be today he was so excited he said honestly that is one of the goals of the season just for how you place that into the corner Rowan Ferguson's such a good goalkeeper and at full stretch he couldn't get a fingertip to it and uh, well you could see the camera zoomed in in your face and you were a very happy boy I was for sure Um, I don't I don't really remember much I just well we were pressing quite high Rory just nipped in and 
it just sat quite nice and I just thought I well may as well hit it and see and um, thankfully it came off because the thing that struck me is a lot of forwards and I'm not trying to embarrass you here a lot of forwards in that position are going to try and take a touch and get a wee bit closer in whereas you were right away get a shot off I just I had a I had a wee look and there was a big there was a big gap between the you know the defence and the ball just broke quite nice and it just fell into my stride and I just thought may as well hit it and you know again thankfully thankfully it came off so and that eye for goal do you think that is something that you have developed through coaching or is it natural that always fascinates me because let's be honest everyone wants to be a goal scorer 99 percent of us absolutely are not goal scorers so uh so as a goal scorer yourself you know definitively tell us once and for all what really is the truth is it is it just in you uh i think so i think so i've always uh had an eye for goal since i was since i was really young you know whenever i started off playing when i was really young i was always getting you know top goal scorer for my team or whatever but that's obviously younger age and um it all comes with games as well you know the the more frequently you're playing and stuff you can build confidence and you can build that sharpness where you know you feel like you can take those shots on um and then hopefully well thankfully pays off and it's a really good way to uh win people over as i said at the very beginning when you're coming into a new team if you can bring goals to it you'll, you'll not struggle to make friends i'm sure you wouldn't anyway no well it's not that's a good start really because then people start trusting you more and giving you the ball more which is um which is a big thing as well, because that helps everybody too. What is the Cliftonville dressing room like uh, to come in? What What have the lads been like? Has there been any, I don't know, initiation? Have you had to sing any songs? Has there been anything like that? Or you tell me. Uh, no song just yet. Uh, <laughs> I think we've got a trip to Scotland coming up, so maybe I'll have to get my song ready for them. But um, no, everybody's been, you know, really welcoming. Uh especially you know when I came in you know they were all really really warm and just you know I played my first game straight away and it was Ballyclare away uh, I came on half time and you know training the day before and the couple of days after it was just everybody was in around me you know saying how well did in the game and just giving me confidence from there really. And what's your impression been of the league so far obviously you've Glenn Torren to come up at the weekend here and I'll ask you about them in a wee minute but you've already played against the likes of Lorne and Linfield um, just uh, how impressed have you been with the uh, the standard of opposition? Uh, the standard of the league's um, really really good um, definitely like so Lorne and Linfield they were, they were tough games and the games before that as well there's no easy games um, we've been playing really good so far which is you know, which is shown in our results. Um, but again, there's no there's no easy games, and everybody's everybody's tough, especially on the you know the physical side, and you know not wanting to lose. You know, and the Larn game, it was a, a strange one in a way because you played so well, and yet you're probably a bit disappointed with the draw. For sure, um, that's a thing in itself. Really, you know, disappointed they, you know get a draw against Larn, you know, they won the league last year. Um but no, I thought we played, you know, excellent really. We were we were really good in the first half and, you know, created good few opportunities and then the second half I thought we were on top as well. We we're actually unlucky not to you know, not to score second and obviously win the game. 
Sam Ashford tries an overhead kick. Soon after you try an overhead kick, are you just going to try and one up each other all season now? Uh, nah, that was just that was just the way the ball <laughs> fell in the box, really, and I just I just felt that it was there, and obviously saw Sam trying one, so I just thought I may as well too. And you see, I notice these things. Um, <laughs> looking at uh, Glenn Torren, they had a well, what a game against Crusaders. I'm not sure if you watched it, but you know, there's four goals in the game. There's three red cards. There's the the controversial one around Bobby Burns, where the referee said, "I've no choice. That's the the laws now. We have to." stamped down on these things obviously Warren Finney was so unhappy he got himself sent off um, so Burns will be missing for the game against you but um, they they more than held their own against Crusaders and, and to be honest you know, at a point probably looked like they were going to win the game until that sending off uh, I, I didn't actually see the game we um, we had training so uh, I, didn't, I didn't catch the game but you know by, by all reports and stuff it was an exciting game obviously four goals and a couple of red cards always exciting how much of the homework gets done now? You know, is it a case of, you know, being sat down and told this is what Glen Torn are going to do, this is what we need you to do? You know, how how is your preparation going coming into that game? Um, you know, it's already started. Uh, we've had training, you know, this week already. We've got another session um, coming up as well. So we're just preparing on them, and you know, our full focus is on us. You know, we we play how we want to play. Um, yeah, we just we take the game to them. It's been an exciting brand of football this season. Is that maybe just? Do you think what do you expect from Jim McGilton? Um, having you know worked with him as you say before, this is just the the brand of football he plays. People have been really enjoying watching the Reds. For sure, I, the you know the philosophy's there. Um, we want to pass the ball, we want to move the ball. Um, but when we don't have it, we want to you know hunt and we want to get it back. Um, and it's just you know spread throughout the whole team and everybody's on the the same page and. We all know what we want. And you're a busy man because not only are you doing that, you're doing a wee bit of coaching yourself, um, getting that in nice and early. Tell us a bit about that. Um, I am, yep. I just started uh, my own coaching business along with uh, my childhood friend, uh, Niall, Niall Fielding. We um, we started our own coaching business coaching business based in Derry called Kick On Coaching. Um, so that's just... You know, for for up and coming players, and you know, players that are just looking for an extra few sessions. But we're doing some one day ones and some small group stuff as well. Excellent. So, how does anybody get a hold of you for that if they want to join? Uh, through Facebook, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. So, yeah, I'm sure you'll find us on there. Lovely. Well, there's a, a nice little plug for that, and I wish you all the best in your in your venture. I mean, if we're trying to learn how to score goals, let's go and uh, learn from a goal scorer. Seems to make sense to me. Perfect, thank you. Uh, just uh, finally, I'm curious now, if they were to make you sing a song as part of your initiation, have you got one in mind? Uh, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> I think I've done a bit of Bruno Mars in the past, so maybe one of his songs. There you go. You see, uh, all about uh, setting up assists, that's more my game. Sir, so one of teed one up for your teammates now. <laughs> for sure <laughs> Ben great to talk to you uh, continued good luck and best wishes for the season ahead um, you've certainly caught the eye so uh, well done for that and thank you very much for coming on to the programme cheers Michael appreciate it thank you The Score with Michael Clark. good to have Ben Wilson on the programme now let's hear from the majority shareholder 
at Carrick Rangers. He is American businessman Michael Smith. And on Wednesday, I went out to meet him at a hotel in Belfast, where we sat, had a coffee and had a yarn. And I began by asking him a question that is probably in your mind as well. When he was settling on a side to invest in, what made him pick Carrick Rangers? Well, I... You know, I did quite a bit of research. Uh, you know, this is not a decision I made lightly. It's a, it's a dream I've had for many, many years. Uh, but when I found Carrick, um, you know, just looking at it from the outside, doing the research, uh, it immediately stood out to me. Uh, and then when I had my first Zoom call with Peter, uh, that started to seal the, the deal. The, the fact that... Um, uh, one, the strong foundation that I believe Carrick has, uh, the vision and the strategy that Peter and the board have that have put in place, the progress that they've made over the last five years, um, their commitment to the community, the values of the club. Uh, these are these are all all things that I was looking for, and I feel like my investment can really uh, help accelerate what they're doing. Uh, I believe I can bring to the table uh, additional um, some additional ideas, some additional maybe innovations, creativity um, that can continue to accelerate what they've what they've already put in place and started to put into motion. Uh, and then, you know, when I visited, uh, just everybody I met, it's a it's a it's a, a fantastic, um, welcoming, warm club that that I think has potential uh, that just hasn't been realized yet. So, when you're making your first tentative approach to the club to set up a conversation and see whether this is worthwhile. Has anyone confessed now? Did, you know, did anyone think, is this a hoax? Because it's the sort of thing you think everybody would, would love their club to have an investor come in and, and help them realise their dreams. But yes, somebody from America, a successful businessman has chosen us. Seems like one of those emails we've all received at one stage or another. You know, nobody asked me that. I, I'm a little surprised. <laughs> yes, just send us money and we'll send you... Uh... <laughs> no, I, I didn't... Um... Nobody asked me that question, but that, that probably would have been a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were deciding on clubs, I'm sure you were looking at, at different teams and maybe different countries too. Was there anything in particular that, that made Carrick Rangers or Northern Ireland stand out over other potential avenues? I, a few things. I, first of all, the potential here, I believe, is uh, some of the greatest in the world. Uh, and, and I did. I looked at other leagues, different levels, different uh, divisions, uh, really throughout Europe, uh, a little bit in Central America. Uh, the but uh, the potential here, both for the league and for Carrick, I the upside is huge. And again, I, I believe unmatched anywhere else. Um, the Irish league is it, it's a it's a phenomenal. Um, you know, it's it's old style football. It's still physical still proper football. Um, I love the format, uh, everything from the three through seven playoff to uh, four European spots, promotion, relegation. Um, you know, the Irish Cup is an incredible competition uh, with uh, great history. I, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful league. And then within that league, um, I love, as I said earlier, the, the, the starting point uh, that Peter and the board have put in place for Carrick, I think is a tremendous foundation. And, you know, I, I, I have considered myself an underdog almost my uh, entire life. And I, I kind of like the fact that people underestimate Carrick and, uh, and what we can do. 
that's maybe a natural point to ask the question, who is Michael Smith? A lot of people here might not be familiar of you or your background. Uh, well, <laughs> I, uh, as you said, I'm, I'm from the U.S. I, uh, I live in Oregon and I, uh, I work in New York. Uh, I'm the chief information officer at the Estee Lauder Companies. Uh, in, in my career, I've spent time in uh, generic pharmaceuticals. I spent 22 years at Nike and... Uh, you know, I've just had a love of football pretty much my entire life. I, I first played when I was nine, um, and I was in that first generation of Americans that when when youth soccer started to pick up. And, you know, we, we didn't um, – we had great, well-meaning coaches, but they were parents that had played basketball or American football. Um, so we didn't necessarily, uh, you know, grow up with the same um, level of training and coaching that, that – you know, kids here in Northern Ireland experience. Um, but I fell in love with the game and uh, wanted to be involved with the sport uh, really for my entire life. And that, that's, you know, that's why this has been a big part of my dream. Really, since I was 13, the first professional football game I went to were the Memphis Rogues uh, of the old North American Soccer League. And uh, I knew then I wanted to play professionally and I wanted to be involved with a, uh, with a club, maybe as a custodian or a shareholder of a club. Uh, I did not realize my dream around playing professionally, uh, but uh, but this week and you know this month I've realized uh, the dream of being involved with the club, and I'm super excited to be at Carrick. I can feel that excitement. I can see it in your face as well. It really comes across your enthusiasm, um, which is really infectious. You talk about the potential and, and where you can see Carrick Rangers going. Help us understand your vision a bit better. What does that look like in the short term future? First. Uh, well, um, you know, I, I think the first thing is, I, I say all the time, if you're going to field a team on the pitch, if you're going to step onto the pitch, uh, your, your, your goal should always be to win. And, uh, you know, in the scheme of a season, your goal should, your ambitions, your aspirations should always be to win championships and lift silverware. Um, we also have to be realistic about where we're at. Um, you know, we finished eighth last year and, um, you know, uh, most points that we've had. And, uh, you know, my vision is in the short term is that we're, we're uh, finishing higher up the table, um, that we're getting more points than we had last year. I mean, w one of the principles I live by, and uh, I've said this a few times, uh, is uh, just to be a little bit better every day. Uh, you know, I, I try to reflect every day about how I can be better because I know in every aspect of my life, um, uh, I can be better. None of us are perfect. And, uh, you know, I think when we apply that to the football club, um, that's, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to be better. We want to raise our, the, the bar and the expectations uh, for ourselves and uh, continue to get better every day. You, I believe, have had an opportunity now to meet the manager and the players. Uh, yes. So what have they had to say because fans will go happy days investment and managers and players will go what does this mean for me yeah i think um you know first of all i think Stewart is uh, uh amazing and uh um he embodies that principle i just talked about right the uh um uh big aspirations big ambition and a commitment to be better every day to raise the bar the raise the bar for himself to raise the bar for his players raise the bar for the club uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we've had fantastic conversations. I feel like we're aligned on the direction we want to take the club. 
uh, and uh, I'm super supportive of, of him. Um, met the players, haven't uh, spent a tremendous amount of time talking to them individually one-on-one yet, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we feel, when I see a response like we saw last Saturday, mm-hmm. that's super encouraging. Because, and I'm, I'm sure you've been told this already, but I am from Carrickfergus. Carrick Rangers are my hometown team, and 9-0 hurt me as much as anybody. But if I was the person who's just invested in the club, you're probably thinking, not the best week ever. It, you know, it, it wasn't the fairy tale, you know, in, in my head the night before <laughs> I was thinking, okay, this is going to be a big win. Um, it wasn't that I got a lot of grief from friends and family, <laughs> but uh, but you don't judge a season on uh, on one match. It's a long season, and uh, you know I I feel I feel good about where we're at this season. Do you have a team that you follow personally yourself? Is there a team, whether it be in England or, or back home or elsewhere? I follow the Portland Timbers. Uh, huge uh, huge supporter of the Portland Timbers. Have season tickets. Uh, you know I for a couple of years for the. Timbers Army, I uh, involved in painting their big TIFO. They're known for their TIFOs, their large TIFOs and displays. And, um, you know, I've been traveling around the world to CONCACAF Champions League down into Central America to watch them. And, and I ran our away, supporters away travel for a couple of years. Um, but uh, a huge supporter of Portland Timbers. Uh, they'll stay, obviously, in my heart, but they've already been replaced by, uh, by Carrick Rangers. I mean, I, I, realized, I realized this morning that there is a Timbers match tonight against Real Salt Lake, and I had not given my tickets away and because I've been so focused on Friday night. I'm so excited about Friday night. I completely forgot about the, the Portland Timbers. <laughs> Probably for the first time in your life, a lot of bit strange. It's a little strange, but uh, the Carrick Rangers have definitely uh, taken over my heart. And you're going to be there on Friday. You're you're meeting supporters before the game against Duncan and Swifts. That's a great opportunity for people to come along and have a chat and also for you to introduce yourself. It, it, yes. Uh, uh, Peter and I both are going to be out at 6.30. Uh, look forward to meeting people. I, I met a number of people at the, the match last Saturday, and uh, just a, a pleasure to meet everyone. I really... I've been, it's humbling to be, uh, to your point uh, earlier, people wondering about why is an American investor coming in here and um, the fact that the welcome has been so warm um, has been uh, humbling and uh, certainly encouraging and it reinforces, I think, the the decision that uh, I and my family have made to invest ourselves in this community. Now, if they all tell you where they're going for a beer afterwards, don't feel the need to buy the rounds. (laughs) (laughs) I had not thought about that. (laughs) Yeah, they're all going, hey, do you know what would be a great way to make friends? (laughs) We're all going here. Uh, We we talked a bit about the short term and, you know, be a little better. Long term, are you hoping to, you know, put further investment in in terms of on the playing side or or where do you see strategically the, the growth areas Say, I don't know, three years, five years, you tell me. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we are committed to a long-term sustainable growth model. Uh, we're not going to jeopardize the future of the club. I, I, um, the one thing I want to do is leave a legacy here that, uh, you know, long after I'm gone from this earth, that, that, that the club is stronger, uh, stronger because of my involvement. And... Um, uh, I will continue to, to invest um, uh, time, energy, money, uh, resources, uh, 
you know, we'll continue to invest. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously we want to advance the club on, on the pitch and in competitions, but throughout the academy, um, throughout the community, I, you know, one of the things that was really attractive about uh, Carrick Rangers was um, the involvement with the primary schools, um, with the community, uh, the outreach, um, twilight football, some of those things. I think that are things that I, w- I want us to continue to expand and, and really truly be an asset to the community. Not just, yes, the pride of the community from a, you know, I, I want people to look at this and say, that's, that's our club. Um, and, you know, be proud of what we accomplish uh, uh, on the field, but also to be proud of the club for what it means to, to the local community. So for the day-to-day side of things, the, the chairman and the board running things, but you're there available to offer input and, and obviously make the big decisions as and when they're required? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I think the, the board, you know, Peter, John, the board, everybody has done a, a, an amazing job and uh, uh, looking forward to continuing to work with them. Excellent. Very, very exciting times for Carrick Rangers. Just in closing, because we've seen now the announcement Coleraine are going to receive investment. We've seen stories about investment in the league in general. You yourself have, have just done that and, and proof that there's this growing interest here. What would you say to other people looking at the league? I guess this is a two-part question. One is... Why is the league now so investable? Why are people wanting to do it? And the other part is, what would you say to other people considering it? Um, you know, I, I think that, well, first of all, I think the news that uh, broke on uh, Tuesday night was uh, really good for the league. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it is such a great, the Irish League is such a great product. Um, it, I, I believe the... It, you know, it's untapped. The world doesn't know about the Irish League. Um, you know, and some people have been surprised that, that like, how did you even find it? <laughs> and, uh, but uh, um, it, it's, a, it's a growing league. I, I, I think that, you know, there's going to continue to be more fans in the stands. There's going to be more uh, eyeballs uh, watching, whether it's uh, over broadcast or streaming. I think there's going to be more people listening to it. Uh, it it's... Uh, it's got a huge upside, and so I think as investors look at this, um, you know, there, there's a great growth opportunity. What, what I will say is I, I didn't invest for the monetary return. I invested for the, 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 the joy and, uh, and the ability to, to, um, to leave a legacy and an impact. That's something that's super important to me, and, um, and so from that sense, I, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to – this is not a, a, a cash cow type of thing. Uh, it is really just uh, for me it's joy but but I also think it is a good sound business investment um, and uh, you know I, I think it's great for the league that this in- investment's coming in. I do think that um, supporters and clubs need to be uh, to do their diligence uh, and and make sure that it's not somebody coming in just to uh, throw a bunch of money at it um, you know have some brief glory and cash out and then leave the club in a in a, in a lurch so the, the diligence has to be done on motivation, intention, um, uh, background, all of that. But, uh, but in general, uh, I think it's a really good thing for the league. The Score with Michael Clark. Found that very interesting. Our chat, that was Michael Smith, the new majority shareholder 
at Carrick Rangers speaking to me when we met on Wednesday. But now let's turn our attention to Newry City and get their perspective on the season so far. From their boss, Gary Boyle. He's on the programme now. Gary, how are you? How are you, Megan? How's things? Very good with me. How are you enjoying life as Newry City manager? Ah, it's been it's been great. Um, it's it's been hectic, but um, it's all that we sort of wanted and more. It's probably been been busier than than anticipated, but um, listen, it's it's enjoyable. It's good, and um, we're we're looking forward to to progressing and, and moving on further. In terms of you know building your own identity and bringing in some new recruits, uh, which is always an important thing to do as a manager, how did you find that it, that's gone? And I don't know, have you any late exclusives for us? <laughs> uh, no, uh, well, listen, um, we we sort of set our stall out early in terms of trying trying to trying to recruit as early as we could to to give ourselves the best possible chance to to drive into the season and, and hopefully hit the ground running. Um, in terms of recruitment, and I've said this for quite a while, I think I stand by the recruitment. Um, I think I think we've brought in some some really good players to add to the existing players that that we've kept, um, which is as important. Um, and it's a, it, it's 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 a new it's a new set of players. All right, um, I've said all along. I was I was along with with Darren for for six seasons, um, and. Again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But we're, we're certainly just adding wee different elements um, to it. Obviously, to, to try to move the thing on, to try to improve. But the proof will be in the pudding in terms of of results. Uh, and 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 with that, we we probably we lost a couple of of players, which were were key to how we played last year. John McGovern got got injured, a long term injury, and and James Thielen moved to to Crusaders and. Them types of players um, had pace and abundance, and, and we were able to maybe hit teams quickly, quicker on, on, on the counter attack. Whereas now we've, we've players now that can maybe handle the ball a wee, wee bit better. Yes, they have pace, but maybe not that searing pace to, to to go in behind all the time. So so we can we can maybe try to progress with the ball um, a wee bit, a wee bit um, more through the third, so to speak, and, and try to get our teams at, at, at different angles. I imagine the answer is it's very different, but how different is it going and being the number one rather than being the number two at a club? It's 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 hugely different, and again, you can you sort of only imagine how how, how much different it is until you're starting in, in them shoes. Even even simple things like um, it's one thing basing your opinion on on decisions along the line, <laughs> but it's 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 a completely different thing making making the decision and sort of living our day and dying by that. Um, in terms of that, that's that's one thing. And again, it was it was a move I sort of felt I was sort of happy happy and ready to make. It's it's probably more the the off the pitch stuff that um, ha, has been a lot more a lot more sort of onerous and, and, and busy and, and dealing with um, dealing with the, the group and, and you're sort of uh, in charge of of the group. Um, we would have, I suppose I I, I would have done, done quite a bit of what I thought for, for Darren to help him in, in some regards and, and my staff here are certainly helping me greatly um, but it is it's a, it's a big change and, and sort of um, one one that I'm relishing and one that I'm still getting to grips with um, but but ultimately trying to sort of find my way through through different elements to try to see what's going to work best for me And having to field phone calls from the likes of me now? 
But <laughs> no, that's that's a good say too. You know, you're sort of you're able to you're able to break it up and and, and sort of get get to meet people and personalities and stuff like that as well. So that's always a good thing. Oh, I don't know who the personalities are, but I certainly enjoy talking to you, Gary. Appreciate your time. Um, looking at um, how the season has gone so far for you, um, you're on a, a quirky little run of winning every other game. So I suppose that's bad news for Lauren this weekend, is it? <laughs> well, if that if that trend continues, we'll be delighted. Um, <laughs> listen, I suppose from, from from the start of the season, we, we aim to take it and sort of blocks of, of four games just not to get too ahead of ourselves and not to sort of lose focus on, on the here and now as well um, and, and in terms of the, the first four games um, we had a points target in mind I don't think we're too far away from that points target how them points came about possibly was, was slightly different to, to how we envisaged um, we've, done, we've done great in terms of the, the victories that we picked up um, away to Carrick um, down to 10 men against faced a sort of a barrage of pressure um, and, and were able to stand up to it and against Glenavon I felt that that once we got the first goal we were we were in control um, and, and it was a sort of professional performance the, the games that we've been beating have been at home unfortunately um, which isn't good for, for, for the fans coming out to watch us but um, the only game I suppose that we didn't perform um, was probably the first day out against Lock Gaul and, and was probably a number of factors fed into that they, they were really good number one um, and, and they got the first goal and, and sort of were able to grow from that um, we, we didn't really turn up on, on the first day which was disappointing and I think I think to be fair the other two games at home against against top sides in Cliftonville and Crusaders we've given a decent account of ourselves um, certainly in possession out of possession maybe there's 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 things that we need to work on and um, and we we've discussed that and talked it through but we we need to we need to pick up points and, and results at home if if we have any any hope of, of staying in the division well, you certainly won't be the only team to concede a lot of goals to Cliftonville or Crusaders this season, and and already other teams have have had a more torrid time. Uh, that lock all game, you know, when it's your first you know, proper day in the dugout, and you're going right, new season, here we go, looking forward to it at home, all the things that come with that newly promoted side, you know, that maybe double-edged sword because you're not quite sure what you're going to get. Will they be nervous, etc.? But at full time, you mu- there must have been a wee part of you thinking, I hope every day isn't like today. Yeah, well, that's that's it. Um, when when we were twenty minutes into the game and three 0 down, you're sort of just <laughs> hoping for a bit of a reaction. If, if truth be told, at this level, at three 0 down, you you very rarely get back into games. Teams are good. Um, and, and at half time, we sort of explained to the group, you know, that we just needed to give a good account of ourselves second half, which we did. Although they dropped off, um, and after the game, we sort of had to had to just address it obviously because um pre-season had gone well you know we didn't we didn't see the, the sort of flat performance coming and and we addressed it and, and and as i said we sort of we still have and we still do have um ultimate belief and, and trust in the group that that we put together and in an aim to to improve on on last season's um points total how difficult that may be and you know but that we were able to to park that, and and I think we we got the desired reaction. And um, the players, in fairness, on the Tuesday night, we didn't we didn't discuss it any further after the game on Saturday, and and the players on Tuesday night really stepped up to the mark and sort of led the session that we put on, and and were demanding standards of themselves as they, as they always do. Um. So so again, we we say all the time we we put the framework on, but it's up to the players and um, to sort of apply themselves, which which is what they've done and. 
and they've been tremendous. It, it sort of helped then that, that we got the first goal against Carrick, I think, the next week then, and, and, and that belief then started to grow. Um, disappointingly, we got the man sent off, and then we had to show a different side, side to our, our, our sort of character and, and our performance. But um, no, certainly the bounce back against Carrick was, was really pleasing. Something we're all getting to grips with at the moment is the different way that games are being refereed at the moment. I heard you in a previous interview saying almost being afraid to celebrate goals at times, which is you know a horrible thought really when we actually think about it. We're a few weeks into the season. I'm just wondering, has there been you know any further correspondence about that, or or how you're finding things at all? Because it seems every week there's a decision that's going to happen that people are going to wonder: Is this the new rules? Has the ref got it right? What am I meant to do? Etc. Etc. It all feels very much like people are still trying to figure out the rights and wrongs. We know abuse is wrong, but outside of that, um, there are people telling me. They're scared to stand up in a technical area when you know something good happens, let alone when something bad happens. Yeah, well, listen, uh, as you say, first and foremost, I, I would never ever be a referee, and and ultimately we need referees, and we need people to want the referee games for for the games to to continue. Um, it's a thankless job, but 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 ultimately, with the new directives, um, they're either implemented or they're not. And um, suppose our frustration in in part is that. Sometimes they're implemented and sometimes they're not. Um, in terms of the my own experience, um, I, I picked up a card first day of the season, and, and um, that that was for for questioning a decision. You know, I, I think there has to be a, a line between questioning a decision or or foul and abusive language. Um, there's a way, obviously, to go about questioning a decision, but I, I, I don't know what the the directive is around that. Um, how are you able to 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 question a decision? Because it appears that sometimes you you have to go through the fourth official who who may agree with you, may not agree with you, but in times where he agrees with you, the decision doesn't change. So I don't I don't really know how we're supposed to get our point across. Um, but again, it has to be done in a, in, a, in a controlled manner. It can't be found abusive language towards towards any official. Uh, and when that's done, I think they should they should show respect to to us back. Um, regarding the goal celebrations, we we did sort of encounter that on, on standing up and sitting down. You know, it, 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 uh, we scored our first goal under under my tenure, and, and my assistant coach was was just days and told he was going to get a attic yard for for coming up and giving me a hug. You know, <laughs> and you're sort of like, yes, it might be a directive, but there has to be that sort of common sense element um, pulled back into it. Um, from that, then it, it's things like you know. Kicking the ball away, and is that an automatic yellow card? Is it not? We've experienced both sides of it already. Um, Adam Carroll picked up a yellow card for kicking the ball away, which ultimately led to a, a second yellow, and he got sent off against Carrick. And, and it happened in other games where, where both both teams now in fairness were, were kicking the ball away, and, and, and none were carded. So again, it's just it's 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 finding that that balance um, between things, but. But ultimately, I think there has to be ongoing dialogue between the referees and, and clubs. And, and, and to be fair, if, if that happens and, and there can be an explanation to, to results um, or to, to short of decisions, um, that, that we'll all be in a, in a better place. You know, even, even Saturday there at 1-0 against Crusaders, we felt that, that we had a penalty, a strong penalty appeal. Now, I can't say for sure. I'm 70 yards away from it. The fourth official's the same, but... But but they tend to he tend to agree with me that he he felt it was a penalty. We 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 get our player sort of um, 
gives away a free kick for for handball. And and if you think about it logically, why why did he fall unless there was contact from behind? You know, um, and again, you can't you can't you can't really appeal the decision for fear of for fear of getting a card. You know, that's that's where it maybe becomes a wee bit muddy in the waters and stuff. You know, but um, as I say, if there if there is dialogue with the clubs and the, and the managers and the staff, um, we can all move forward move forward together and. And, and create a, a better atmosphere within the league because it's it's certainly on the upward on the upward trajectory throughout throughout all aspects. You know, it's a really exciting time for the league, and you know people are feeling that people watching more people watching from afar than before, and and all the rest of it. And then and then you have this going on, which it's just you feel like let let's try and make sure everything's positive. I heard Jared Lawler talking about you know maybe a need for a re-engagement here I just hope that if officials are listening to, to people like you very eloquently very calmly I think explaining your position here today you know okay right well how can we make this that people can have conversations because conversations are good it's the abuse we want rid of and everyone agrees with that yeah yeah no listen and, and as I say there, there probably is a right time and, 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 if, and if people are if people sort of are, are, are shouting and roaring I think that any argument that you have you've probably lost the argument in, in mm-hmm. that instance because your emotions are too high and, and that's why you possibly have staff there that if if one or other of us is getting carried away that you can maybe phone each other back in because certainly that's that's no way to approach anybody in, in that sort of aggressive manner but um the open, the open dialogue it would be huge, you know, and and again, it, I can't reiterate how, how how much I feel it's it, it's a thankless job, and I, and I certainly wouldn't be putting myself up up for for doing it. Um, we had engagement from the referees over the last couple of seasons, and even you know whenever they're putting up clips of, is it a foul? Isn't it a foul? Is it a booking? Is it a card? Is it a penalty? You know, and 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 there's because football, the beauty of football is, is that everybody has an opinion, rightly or wrongly, and. And ultimately, the referees have opinions on on right, wrong, or indifferent um, tackles, fouls, calls, and, and and when you're watching a monologue of clips that that maybe of contentious decisions, the room of, of 20, 30 people, there can be three three sets of groups on on different decisions. So it, it is a really really difficult task. But again, as I say, even if it's five minutes after the game that you sit down and you have a you have a chat and. And whether you agree with it or not, if they explain their decision and their rationale behind it, you know, I think you've just got to accept it and, and, and move on, you know. And on a positive note, next weekend you're doing a half five game, and it's not because anybody's moved yet; it's because you're you're putting on a, a bit of a special night for everybody. Yes, uh, there's there's a wee bit there's a wee bit of an occasion just in the, in the club afterwards, you know, that we'll sort of try to get everybody together and and, and sort of give that. Give that back to to the supporters and volunteers, whereby we can have that integration with the players and and the staff and, and the volunteers and and the many people that make this club tick. You know, and and it, it, this this is a this is very much a family orientated club, and and there is that appeal whereby you know fans can speak to players or vice versa, and everybody's in it together. Um, as we we speak about it all the time, but the power of the collective is 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 getting this club to to where it's at, and and every single member of that collective is 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 one wheel in the cog to make the whole thing go round, and and we need everybody, um, and certainly we'll need more if if there's anybody else out there that wants to get involved, you know. But 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 it's the heartbeat of of the club and on the community really. So um, we just we just try to set up things where we can get a wee bit back. Well, fair play to you. It's always great to hear those sorts of initiatives. And, and just lastly, uh, Gary, 
looking at the season, I'm sure you have your own objectives in mind. What would you say is, uh, you know, number one? Well, not number one is is to stay in the Premiership. You know, it, it is a, it is an extremely difficult environment. You know, and and we all want to be here. And the number one objective has to be for Newry currently in the, in this present moment in time is is to stay in the league to get that stability to then potentially try to try to in, improve our, our league position. But certainly staying in the league and and if we can improve on our on our position or our points total, that that has to be deemed success. You know. Brilliant talking to you. Really appreciate you coming on to the programme and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks a million, mate. I know I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, there we go. The thoughts of Newry City boss, Gary Boyle. The Score with Michael Clark. And as we reach the end of the programme, we now have time to hear from Northern Ireland and the international manager, Michael O'Neill. He revealed a 24-strong squad for the game's away to Slovenia and Kazakhstan, which includes a new face in Kilmarnock midfielder Brad Lyons. He, of course, was a star at Coleraine here before a move to Blackburn and time on loan at St Mirren and Morecambe prior to his move to Kilmarnock a couple of years ago. So he's impressed. He's in the squad. Back in the squad also are experienced strikers Josh McGuinness and Connor Washington. They missed the games against Denmark and Kazakhstan in June through injury. Daniel Ballard is also back in the squad after recovering from injury that ruled him out previously. A return for Paul Smith. Welcome news for many Northern Ireland fans. We'll be asking Michael O'Neill about that in just a moment. And um, there's quite a bit of a change. Eight players who were in the squad in June, not included at this time. Injury ruling out Jamal Lewis, Connor Bradley and Aaron Donnelly, for example. And that is where I started the conversation with Michael O'Neill. A lot of injuries, but them's the shakes when it comes to picking a team. Well, look, I think we're as strong as we can be at this minute in time. Uh, we do have some players missing still, and uh, but you know, equally, we you know, it, we have kept the young players involved with the senior squad, which I think is important. We brought the likes of Brad Lyons in as well. We see Josh returning and Connor Washington returning, which I think gives us a bit of experience at the top end of the pitch that maybe we lacked in, in June uh, as well. So, um, yeah, I think, look, the lads that we're missing, we know that Dallas, Davis, uh, Corey Evans, Ferguson uh, and Lewis would all help us and make us stronger at this minute in time. Um, but unfortunately, as I said, that they're not with us and, and still uh, in that process of coming back from injury. Well, focusing on the positives, you must be really impressed with Brad Lyons' development. Mm. Yeah, look, he's, he started the season great. Um, you know, I've been personally, I've seen him two or three times live, and I think he's played very well in all the games that I've seen him. And I, I think he's just, you know, he's a very competitive player, but he's, you know, got a lot of responsibility in that team, and he's shown good leadership qualities uh, in that team as well. And, uh, you know, Kilmarnock have started the season very, very well, and, you know, he's been a big part of that. So, you know, I think when players are playing well and they're they, they're establishing themselves and doing well at their clubs, you know, they merit inclusion, and you know, Brad uh, certainly does that. And in terms of meriting inclusion, Paul Smith back in the panel. I know it's a name that keeps been mentioned every single time. What's got him in this time round? I think look, we have to look at the level that the players are playing at, and 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 Paul, you know, I I gave him I think his debut here against South Korea a few number of years ago when he scored. So I think. 
coming from Linfield to QPR was a big jump in the championship. That's a big jump for a young player to make. And he obviously stepped back and dropped down to, to League Two with Leighton Orient and had two very good seasons there. And, you know, he's back now at QPR and back in the championship. And I think the big thing is, is that, you know, he's just, you know, he's getting game time. He's starting games. And, um, you know, at that level, you know, if, if you're playing in the championship as he is, he deserves his place in the squad. And I think what Paul does give you is, you know, he's got an eye for a goal. He's versatile. He can play, I think, in any of the sort of front positions. And equally, you know, this season, he's actually been playing as wing back for QPR as well. So, um, you know, that, that in itself uh, is, I think, testament to how his game has progressed over the last couple of years as well. Well, looking at our misfortunes with fullbacks at the moment, is that a clue as to how you might be deployed? Well, look, it's an option. You know, we we, we are very limited, particularly on the left-hand side with, with Jamal and, and Shane Ferguson out at this minute in time. Connor Bradley missing as a big blow as well. Um, so, yeah, look, we had to kind of uh, adapt a little bit against Kazakhstan. We're playing Jordan Thompson in that position. It maybe didn't work as well as I'd hoped. Jordan, Jordan, you know, his attitude to, to it was terrific. And but it, it's never easy to, to ask a player to do that at international level. So these are all little challenges we face and, and things we'll have to think about in terms of what we do in terms of how we play this, these two games. And Johnny Evans currently training at Man United. A lot of talk about potentially a, a one-year contract being offered by Ericsson Hag. Do you think that would be the, the best move for him? Uh, I know as a manager, always want your players to get maximum minutes. Well, look, you know, John, Johnny's been in it, I think, Manchester United since the start of pre-season. Uh, he, he's played a number of games, in, unofficial games in terms of, um, you know, not competitive games. But uh, And he's had a really, really good pre-season. The discussions between him and the club, I understand, are still uh, progressing. And, and hopefully that comes to a uh, you know, conclusion as soon as possible for him. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think the important thing is, is that players are happy, you know. Um, and Johnny still has a great desire to play international football. Craig as well. The fact that the two players have made themselves available to fight, the fact that they're, they're unattached at this minute in time is testament to them. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not players that are not without options, you know, but the options maybe that have been presented to them elsewhere are not things that, you know, are, um, they're prepared to take at this minute in time. I know Irish League fans think a trek is a drive to Fermanagh, but uh, certainly the two matches you have coming up, that's yeah. a, that is a trek. Yes, it's a very... It, this When the fixtures come out, I did sort of view this with a little bit of dread. Well, you always dread a Kazakhstan type of game and what, what, where it'll fall in the, in the fixtures. And uh, I think as the second game, it's very difficult because the acclimatisation between the games is very difficult. You know, I think we've got eight hours of travel and four hours of time difference. So... You know, we look very closely at what to do. We spoke to the Danes and they had to deal with it. How did they deal with it? And so, you know, we we have a plan to deal with that. Um, it won't be easy. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that's the experience for all of us, I think, to learn from not just the players, but the staff as well. And I think that um, for the players in particular, but, you know, particularly the younger players, this is what international football is about. You know, you have to be able to turn yourself around mentally, you know, play on a Thursday, travel, play on a Sunday and, and, and you know, try and get results because ultimately if you're going to, you know, come through and get through a qualifying campaign and be successful and get to a major tournament, these are the challenges that you will face in any campaign. And just finally, the, the last two games, two very different 1-0s. Uh, how do you lift everybody up and, and try and, you know, turn fortunes around a little bit? 
Yeah, look, I think, you know, we were very disappointed after what happened in Copenhagen. We obviously agreed. VAR is what it is, and, and we have to accept that. Um, and and it, probably, it probably carried over a little bit, maybe, into the Kazakhstan performance, if I'm honest. Um, I didn't think we did enough to maybe win the game, but we certainly shouldn't have lost the game here. It was a really poor goal for us to lose in the 90th minute. And um, again, we were a little bit stretched. Probably at that time, Johnny had we'd had to take Johnny off at that point with an injury. So yeah, look, we know that we should be better off than the three points that we have at this minute in time. But that, that's where we are, and we have to deal with that. And uh, to reignite the group for ourselves, obviously, we have to try and take maximum points in these two games. The score with Michael Clark. That does bring us to the end of another programme. Big thank you to Michael O'Neill, to Gary Boyle, Michael Smith and Ben Wilson for being on the programme and indeed to you for listening. Next week, it's not just the players that are busy with international duty, I will be as well. And as I can't be in two places at once, it does mean unfortunately there will be no show next week. But please hold back the tears, we return the week after. So consider yourself warned. Until then, enjoy your weekends of sport, since there's an extra one. (laughs) And I'll speak to you again very soon. Bye-bye.